we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our World War III alert current event uh, Bible study for 10-10-2016, uh, October 10th, 2016. Uh, this next short video clip is entitled Breaking World War III, Russia will take down any American airplane or missile targeting Syrian army. Now, this is a Russian general, um, one star, with all these tactical maps behind him, basically addressing, this is from Russia Insider, a uh, YouTube type of uh, news source for Russia, and this is him, you'll hear him talking, and then I will be kind of um, communicating what he's saying in the background it's it's not a real long video but it's it's i watched all these videos ahead of time and if i saw something that was um noteworthy that would contribute to the study i wanted to go over it so here here we go on this he's saying good day leaks in the western media allege that washington is considering launching airstrikes against syrian governmental forces History shows that certain leaks transformed real actions. Of particular concern is information that the initiators of such provocations are representatives of the CIA and the Pentagon, who in September reported to the U.S. President on the alleged controllability of opposition fighters, but today are lobbying for a kinetic scenario in Syria. I believe by kinetic they mean, kinetic means like warfare, where bullets and missiles and things like that are, are used, is what I'm thinking he's saying here. I would like to caution Washington's colleagues to conduct conduct a thorough calculation of possible consequences of such plans. Basically, a nuclear holocaust is, is the is the consequences potential. Today, the Syrian army has an effective air defense systems, the S-200 and BUK, and other air defense systems, and their technical capabilities have been up updated over the past year. Furthermore, I warn American strategists that Russia currently has S-400, and, and we talked about this, S-400 and S-300 air defense systems deployed to protect its troops stationed at the TARDIS naval base and the Kinnaman air base. But see, notice the, the thing is, is we're in like this full attack mode where we're like, yeah, they're going to be going home in body bags and we're going to beat you like a drum harder than you've ever been beaten before. And this guy's just simply laying out facts like guys. And Putin is the same way where it's like, do you understand what you're doing here do you understand the the what you're talking about here that i mean this could easily escalate into a nuclear engagement and then nobody wins that type of scenario
системами С-400 и С-300. Радиус действия как... The radius of the weapons re reach may be a surprise to all unidentified flying objects, meaning they have weapons that can reach a lot further than maybe we're thinking. Russian air defense system crews are unlikely to have to determine a straight line, meaning the exact flight path of missiles, and then who the warheads belong to. And the illusions of the amateurs about the existence of the invisible jets will face a disappointing reality. I think what he's referring to there is like our stealth fighters, which are quote unquote invisible, invisible to radar. I think that's what he says when all the illusions of amateurs about the existence of invisible jets will face a disappointing reality. Meaning we're gonna we're gonna shoot down your supposed invisible jets. They're not gonna be invisible to our air defense systems. And finally, the most important thing, members of the Russian Reconciliation Center in Syria are working on the ground, delivering aid and communicating with a large number of communities in Syria. As a result of their work, 732 populated places and tens of thousands of Syrians went back to a peaceful life, which is why they were there. They were there to beat back ISIS and Al-Qaeda and our, the, the forces that our government and NATO and, and other wicked factions had actually funded and helped create and, and helped arm. Um, and they're actually trying to return these people to a, um, back to the, a peaceful life. They're helping them do that. I mean, Syria is one of their allies. It would behoove them to help them do that and not destabilize their country. That last thing was me talking. Uh, then he goes on to say, therefore, any missile or airstrikes on the territory controlled by the Syrian government will create a clear threat to Russian servicemen. I am warning anyone that after the U.S.-led coalition jets bomb positions on the, of the Syrian government forces on September 17th in Deir Ez-Zor. We will take all necessary measures to prevent other American, quote, mistakes against Russian military or other military facilities on the territory of the Syrian Arabic Republic. So it's almost like, okay, you had your um, one mulligan we're going to give you. You had your one get-out-of-jail-free card, whatever you want to call it. We're not going to put up with any more American mistakes um, in Syria by the American government anymore. This is what they're saying. Российских военнослужащих и военных объектов на территории Сирийской Арабской Республики.
And again, his posture wasn't like, his chest wasn't puffed out. He looked very concerned. He looked very like, listen guys, you know, I'm not, I'm not up here being Mr. Big or Bad. I'm just laying out facts. I'm not trying to get in your face. I'm not trying to be threatening. I'm just telling you this is, but we're also going to be firm. We're also going to defend our interests. That's basically how he came across to me. Okay. Um, okay, so then the next one. U.S. prepares for war against Russia and Syria from criticism to direct threats in just one month. This is how much the rhetoric has ratcheted up in just one month here. Okay, I'm just going to let this play. Yes, the coalition did hit people on Saturday. This is John Kerry, U.S. Secretary of State. These are just different statements that have come out in the last month. The first one was a little weird. I don't even know what that was about, but it was something with Russia and America, some delegation meeting they were at. We did. A terrible accident. I listened to my colleague from Russia, and, and I sort of felt a little bit like they're sort of in a parallel universe here. What Russia is sponsoring and doing is not... Samantha Powers, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., counterterrorism it is barbarism in this case i wouldn't rule out so now they've got this little meter that they're showing and it says from criticism to accusations now to threats this is all ratcheted up and they're showing different dates where these comments are being made where it went from criticism of russia to now accusations to then now threats and this is where we're in threat level right now and this is this josh Ernest white house press secretary um multilateral efforts outside of the UN uh, to uh, impose costs uh, on Syria or Russia or others uh, with regard to the situation inside of Syria. Extremist groups will continue to exploit uh, the, the vacuums that are there. US, John Kirby, we heard this quote, but it's the U.S. State Department. I'm just going to let it play again because these all kind of run together. They're in Syria to expand their operations, um, which will include, no, no question, uh, attacks against uh, Russian interests, perhaps even Russian cities, um, and uh, Man, that's Russia a, will continue. That's a big leap from Russian interests, meaning okay, we're gonna we're gonna attack some of the Syrian army that may have Russian weapons. Well, that would be considered Russian interests. To now we're gonna attack Russian cities. Okay, now you're really talking a thermonuclear engagement. If you ask me, I think that's what that would mean. You can't just say that in some kind of cavalier, off-the-cuff type way. But that's exactly what he's doing. To send troops home uh, in body bags. The next shock group here is the fighting against the regional peer military powers. These are, these are existential for us. Joseph Anderson, U.S. Army Deputy Chief of Staff. He's in some big head honcho meeting here. Uh, and our allies. Uh, the threat for this type of a fight is a nation state with modern capabilities, aggressive behavior, and engaging in militarized competition. So who would you pick for that one? I think it would be Russia. I want to be clear to those who wish to do us harm. We'll stop you and we will beat you harder than you've ever been beaten before. Mark Miley, U.S. Ge General, we saw that one. We heard that one too. Lunatic warhawks have taken over in Langley in the Pentagon and also in the White House. Uh, the spokesperson there talked about costs and, and Russian cities being hit, Russian soldiers coming home in body bags. 
That, that to me sounds like an, an indirect order to terrorists to strike wherever they, they want to. The thing is, the Battle of Aleppo is the crux of this, this whole war. Uh, when Aleppo is liberated, that is it. Americans know that the game is up. Uh, it doesn't matter however much uh, arms and munitions and resupplying they can do to their proxy armies. They're running... They're proxy armies of ISIS and Al-Qaeda and them. So he's saying Aleppo is a, a key um, thing that's getting ready to fall in favor of the Syrian army in Russia. And evidently, once that chess piece falls, for one reason or another... Um, he's saying it's like game over and they're going to have, I guess, secure the region and evidently that's why we've ratcheted up this war talk so much because evidently that's something that our wicked, evil government and NATO can't, hap can't let happen. Running out of space to fight and this is why the, uh, the sort of ratcheting it up of, of, um, of the war of words, I suppose. So, I mean, just total insanity that we're dealing with here. Uh, we're not getting our way over there. Things aren't working out the way we want. So now we're throwing this this five-year-old infantile temper tantrum fit uh, in the form of generals and high-ranking military and people in politics making these threats against Russia. And it, it's going to bring us into World War III. Okay, so the next report is entitled Why America's Annihilation is Assured Even If We Defeat Russia in World War III. Is that why they're prepared to move the U.S. capital to Denver? Um, Hosea 9-7, For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. Which, you know, would... I mean, all the wicked, evil actions that our government's been behind, you know, sowing the wind and now getting ready to reap the whirlwind is most likely accurate here. Um, this says the flashback story from the White House press that Steve Quayle linked to on his website this morning reminds us that our continuity of government requires an alternative capital to be in place just in case Washington, D.C. is destroyed. Uh, this goes on to say, giving us a great deal of evidence that the U.S.'s alternative capital is indeed hidden underneath 57 square miles that make up the Denver International Airport in Colorado. And we've talked about the subject quite a bit as well in previous studies. We pray that all the recent talk of World War III and swift and sudden destruction doesn't soon materialize. With shills coming out of the woodwork to debunk serious talk of a possible World War III and nuclear annihilation, for much of America and the world went viral earlier this week, claiming all of these statements coming directly out of mouths of U.S. military leaders, many of them you just heard, um, the Russian embassy and the Russian military leaders is just bogus fear-mongering. We take a look at below at more signs that we might soon witness those experts' warnings actually coming true and that the U.S. Capitol is then moved to Denver in this process. As many note, Steve Quayle um, uh, had this on his White Out press report, tells us, this is why so many foreign and U.N. troops are in Colorado, whose mission is to make take out all resistors to the New World Order in the Colorado Mountains. We also take a look below at why America's annihilation would be guaranteed even if we were to somehow win World War III. Uh, this, is called, this part is called Nuclear Insanity in Dead Hand. Perhaps now would be a good time to remind all of, Russia, all of Russia's dead hand systems, also known as the Russian Doomsday Device, which insiders allege is still in use. Um, Via wiki, it says, an example of a failed deadly deterrence system, it can automatically trigger the launch of a Russian intercontinental ballistic ICBMs if nuclear strikes are detected by seismic light or radioactivity and overpressure sensors. 
from September 2014 via Business Insider, that report said after Dead Hand, which is the system, was activated by Soviet military officials, the first thing it does is check the communication lines to work out if there's anyone alive in charge of the Soviet military. Alok Juha, author of the Doomsday Handbook, told National Geographic, if they're not alive, then this dead hand system takes over. If dead, hand, if dead hand did not detect signs of preserved military hierarchy, the system would perform a check for signals of nuclear attack, such as change in air pressure, extreme light, and radioactivity. If the system concluded that a nuclear strike had taken place, Dead Hand would proceed to launch all of its remaining nuclear weapons from all the silos throughout the Soviet Union at targets across the Northern Hemisphere. So in other words, even if we somehow found out a way to take out every single one of their military uh, leaders and, and troops and, and anybody in charge of that, they still have a system set up that would go ahead and launch all of their intercontinental ballistic missiles even if nobody was alive essentially um the bottom line while many would describe the civil war in syria as a powder keg the addition of russia the uk china and the u.s into the mix all nuclear powers brings us to the point where what just one spark could ignite an even more deadly powder keg ending the global ending in global annihilation next report this is just breaking today russia vetoes un solution to save aleppo um, Russia on Saturday vetoed a UN draft resolution demanding an end to the bombing of Aleppo. Um, but its own rival measure on a truce in Syria's war-battered city was uh, rejected. The failure of the two resolutions deepened divisions at the Security Council between Damascus ally Moscow and the Western powers backing opposition rebels in the war. It was the fifth time that Russia used its veto to block a UN action to end the five-year war in Syria. Uh, which has claimed 300,000 lives. Okay, then we go to the next report, breaking. Again, this was just today. Moscow says American actions threaten national sovereignty. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said on Sunday he had detected increasing U.S. hostility toward Moscow and complained about what he said was a series of aggressive U.S. steps that threatened Russia's national, national security. In an interview with, Russia, with the Russian state, TV likely... Russian state TV, likely to worsen already the poor relations with Washington. Lavrov made it clear that he blamed the Obama administration for what he described as a sharp deterioration of the U.S.-Russian ties. And again, we're seeing that example of that over and over. We have witnessed a fundamental change of circumstances when it comes to the aggressive Russophobia that now lies at the heart of the U.S. policy towards Russia. It's the same thing they're doing to Trump. They're demonizing Russia, they're demonizing Trump, they're demonizing anything, you know, that doesn't go along with their agenda, that would oppose their agenda. The, the, the lamestream uh, prostitute media in America, in particular. Uh, going further, uh, let's see here. It's not just a rhetorical Russia-phobia, but aggressive steps that really hurt our national interests and pose a threat to our security. He complained that NATO had been steadily moving military infrastructure closer to Russia's borders and lashed out at Western sanctions imposed over Moscow's role in the Ukraine crisis. Um, so they're moving all types of military toward 
Russia's borders, and you know they know this is going on, and they're saying, "Dude, stop! <laughs> you need to back off. You need. We know what you're doing, and they're not. They're not complying. And again, this is goading Russia. They're hoping to a first strike scenario so that they'll appear to have the moral high ground when they strike back. But again, then you got World War Three. Um, let's go further here. He also said that he had heard some policymakers in Washington were suggesting that President Barack Obama sanction the carpet bombing of the Syrian government's military airfields to ground its air force. Um, <laughs> it's a very dangerous game, given that Russia, being in Syria at the invitation of the legitimate government of the Syrian country, and they also have two bases there, has got air defense systems there also to protect its assets said Lavrov. Lavrov said he hoped Obama would not agree to such a scenario, meaning this carpet bombing. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be World War III. So many things right now could trigger it. And then we get into this. Multinational troops preparing for guerrilla warfare in Colorado. Now here's a troop, here's a picture of some of these multinational troops. And they, in the audio interview we're going to hear, they describe them, and they are, they, it's like when you look at them, it's like it's hard to pin down their nationality. And so they say some of these might be Mongolian troops. Some of them, uh, I don't know. You, some of them, they just, they look like they're hard to pin down nationality. Definitely not American. But this is a picture of four of them. And I don't know, I think this was taken in Colorado. Uh, anyway, Colorado has assumed a place of special importance to the New World Order. We have known for many years that when Washington, D.C. is destroyed, that Colorado will be the next capital. The CIA and the DHS have moved a good portion of their operation to underground facilities near the Denver International Airport. Predictive programming from the media has pointed to this fact. In the movie The Hunger Games, Colorado was the location for the capital city in the mythical country of Panem that looked eerily like Nixon's breakup of the United States into 10 U.N. districts. In the recent TV series, Designated Survivor, the entire federal government was destroyed except for a few survivors. In 2011, Denver played host to Mountain Operation Mountain Guardian, which was essentially a FEMA DHS-led incarceration drill, uh, and we, we talked about that in this, one of the studies I did, using the NFL football stadium home of the Denver Broncos as a base for operations. Further, during the drill, the DIA was shut down, Denver International Airport, Yet, the, the elite flew their jets to the DIA during the drill and presumably disappeared underground. Because the, the elite were undergoing the drill as well, is what it appears. In many people's minds, this anointed Denver as the future headquarters of the U.S. government. And again, I've done several teachings on the Denver International Airport. I've been there myself. I've seen the, the weird, creepy horse statue that like the guy that made it died ended up making he ended up dying in the process of making the thing and all of the masonic things and the, the gargoyles sitting on suitcases in the bottom level the um weird cryptic apocalyptic satanic murals that are in the bottom basement i went down there by myself um to look at them i think it was at night anyway um of the of the nazi stormtroopers and all the dead children i mean it's just really weird macabre stuff there and um 
they've evidently evidently got a just a gigantic complex underneath there. And again, it's it's black ops. It's it's where a lot of I believe of the of the tax dollars that we pay get siphoned off. It's this black ops, this trillions and trillions every year that the Pentagon siphons off, where you know your your hard earned tax dollars at work type type garbage. And this is where a lot of it goes. It's it's going toward the absolute um, preservation, the continuance of government for the elite. When while they're safe and cozy in their in their underground bunkers, and all the sheeple people up top that paid for these bunkers are going to be being slaughtered and annihilated. That's what their plans are. Okay, so this is our wonderful government at work here. Uh, Colorado has become an Agenda 21 cesspool. Led by the Coe brothers, Colorado is on the verge of experiencing draconian increases in utility rates because the energy providers in the Mile High State are being conjoined, which will lessen any competition. In Colorado, if one publicly opposes Agenda 21, which is like the UN takeover plan of, of America on a lot of levels, their children are stolen without any provocation, like Stacey Lynn, in Colorado, farmers can legally only use 50% of their land. What? Water cannot be trapped or reused in any form, even to irrigate farmland? I mean, this is like, you know, big brother George Orwellian beyond belief. Um, the Agenda 21 corruption in Colorado rivals anything found in the Obama administration. And their schools have become bastions of liberalism where glorifying Islam is encouraged but expressions of Christianity are forbidden like in Sierra and Rocky Mountain high schools. Colorado is lost and the people are anesthetized. Oh, they also legalized pot there. That's probably part of the reason they're so anesthetized and mesmerized by the success of the Denver Broncos football team. However, this is only the beginning of the nightmare that is in store for Colorado. I, I can remember, I, I was only out there, well, I've been in, layovers there but i only stayed there one time I went to a chiropractic um i was getting some ceus continuing education credits oh man this was probably back in um oh boy probably like 2004 around there and i i i mean i was beautiful i mean just the scene I had mountains like around there and I, i've been there when i was a kid with my parents and stuff on on family trips it wasn't as bad or if it was, I, I wasn't aware of it. But I can remember just being the in going to the seminar that day. Now this again, this was over ten years ago, and I'm telling you, I looked around and every single doctor that was there because it was all for doctors, and it was a room that had to be three or four hundred doctors. Okay, they were all new age nutbags. I mean, everybody I had a conversation with was just gonzo new age. And these are chiropractors that, that were, uh, you know, um, interested in clinical nutrition. And it was a standard process thing. But standard process doesn't attract new age nutbags, okay? This was just like the norm, okay? This was like the normal doctor out there that was that was a chiropractor out there that was into alternative medicine. Or I don't even know if you had to be a chiropractor. You probably could have been a uh like a nutritionist or whatever okay there's there's different ceus that will apply to different professions but i could not get over the new age element now that was over a oh, way over 10 years ago okay um uh, and then in my hotel room at night if i turn on the tv i'm watching like there's ads for like and i mean i'm not watching anything bad but it's like the tv ads it's like 
you know, yeah, you want to have, um, you know, some kind of, uh, it was like gay porn and stuff. Like they were advertising like, like guys with guys and stuff. And they weren't showing gay porn, but they were showing like, do you want to, you know, have sex with gay guys? And, and I mean, I'm like, what? I had never in my life, even to this day, ever seen the commercials like I saw out there. I, I was like, whoa, I can't imagine how much. Now they legalize pot. And evidently now pot is not like when I was growing up. The pot that they've got now is like weaponized. It is like, you know, hydroponically grown or, or whatever, grown under these unbelievable conditions with these you know hybrid seeds and in under all these things and they, they have all these different varieties and and it's literally like a hardcore drug now the the way the pot is it, it's not like it was when when i was growing up in like the 80s and stuff and, and hey pot's pot and yeah you know you do this or you do that i never I'm not saying i never never tried it okay i'm not gonna act like i was some angel but to me it was always like why do i want to do something that's going to make me tired because that's basically what it did to me. You know, I have enough problem with, with you know, high energy. You know, I, I want to always be able to go, 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 go. But I, I'm not just, I'm not really wired that way. I want to be wired that way, but I've just never been. And I'm like, why do I want to do something that's going to make me, like, tired and want to go to bed? And I never, I just never understood the appeal. And then I looked around at my friends who were doing it all the time. And they're like, yeah, man, you know yeah it's good stuff and I'm, i looked how unproductive their lives were and how messed up their lives were and how forgetful they were had roommates in college in, in college that were like that and i'm like they drove me nuts because i'm like can't you see how this is affecting you and i wasn't even a christian then and it drove me nuts you know and and nowadays though they've got pot that is just makes that type of pot look like nothing i mean these guys got this down to an absolute science art form and they're and they're coming out and they've got you know that's what that whole dabbing thing was about that's still you know prevalent or whatever in 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 a lot of uh whatever circles in the sports and stuff would act like they're they're dabbing where it's it's a like a pot um like a paste like the preserved part, the, the, the concentrated oil form of it. And it's so strong that when you smoke it, you cough. And, and what's the whole thing with dabbing is you're coughing into the crux of your arm. That's, that's what that's all about because it's so strong. But there's so many different forms of it now. It's basically like weaponized. It's so strong you can get, it, it's like on par with a lot of the hardcore drugs now. Okay, I'm not saying it was ever great before, but now it's a whole other different thing. And it's legalized there. And it's legalized in Washington. And, and you know, to me, those are two bastions of liberalism as far as, as far as those states go. And I've been to both of those places. And I can attest to um, the, I mean, yeah, it's not that great in North Carolina. But, man, compared to Colorado or compared to Washington, I mean, it's a whole other different mindset in these places and um anyway that was just my two cents on that now i've done a whole study on marijuana if you think it's great or whatever or you think oh it's an herb god put here yeah well so is scopolamine devil's breath i mean where does that go i mean so so does you know op opium and i mean not, you make heroin with it i mean i understand you could take something like codeine after surgery or whatever but i'm not i'm talking about these people are getting addicted to this stuff 
Oxycontin was developed for end-time terminal cancer patients. You could use that rationalization in a lot of things. Well, God, a lot of plants that are here on planet Earth will kill you. I mean, okay, so where do we draw the line? Well, when it becomes mind-altering, okay, you start to get into that pharmacia element. Where do you think all the pharmaceuticals are derived from? Where do you, I mean, they make, they make they'll, they'll, they'll create a chemical compound. Where do they actually isolate the chemical compound? From that herb. So it doesn't mean every plant that we have on the planet is puritanical and wonderful and we want to use that. Okay? And there's a huge demonic component with pot. And it's way worse now than it ever was before because it's so much stronger. So key in marijuana in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. If you think smoking's great, key in that. I did a whole study on smoking. I did a whole thing on vaping. I've done a whole thing on marijuana. Just key in any of those terms. I am telling you, bad news on all of that. There is a demonic component there that you're not seeing because the demons don't manifest when you're smoking it. So anyway, uh, let's go further here. Uh, let's see here. Eventually people are going to rise up against these draconian new world order policies that have overtaken my former home state. Uh, there are already signs of opposing Agenda 21 takeovers in large numbers. Uh, let's go further here. Further, Colorado is home of key several military bases, including Fort Carson. What if the military will not totally side with the administration on the continuing subjugation of the state and country as a whole? What if the military does what oath keepers demand and that the soldiers honor their constitutional oath? Uh, well, again, that's all the more reason why I think they would want to ship them over to World War III as soon as that starts to happen. And the quicker they get them over there, the quicker they can impose martial law here if it hasn't already been imposed because there's going to be no good military here to guard the American populace. Now, I'm not saying... I mean, Obama's been the best gun salesman that the world's ever known. There's, it's every, every month now, record sales, record sales of gun sales. So it's not like the American populace, as far as any society ever in history, is not armed to the teeth. It's not like... But they want to get the deck stacked as much in their favor, the New World Order's favor, as possible. And that includes getting any of our good troops overseas to fight a war where they'll be put into battle to be killed. I, I really believe that that's why they would bring them over there. They'll put them in untenable, unwinnable situations where they will be slaughtered. And that, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, let's see here. The globalists have prepared for this eventuality as well. Okay, what if the military does what Oath Keepers demand? That the soldiers honor their constitutional oath. The globalists have prepared for this eventuality as well. If portions of the military defect and defend the people, the war would likely be guerrilla. Well, the New World Order has prepared for that eventuality. Multinational troops are preparing for guerrilla warfare in Colorado. And see, I'm, I'm making these announcements ahead of time so that if there are people in the military, they can start informing their buddies so that they, when they see this stuff start coming down, <laughs> if I was you, I'd go, you know, do what you got to do. I wouldn't go to a war where I was going to be slaughtered so I could be gotten out of the way so that I could never defend my family or my country. I wouldn't do that. You know, obviously, why would I ever give anybody that advice? That's how they're going. That's what they're going to do with our troops. Okay. Um, one less person they got to fight. One less person they got to worry about. One less, one less military person they got to worry about defecting and, and fighting for the good guys. Because they're the bad guys. I mean, obviously. 
I interviewed Paul Martin, who lives and works in northern Colorado. There are more nations with their troops in Colorado than one can count. Um, meaning there's more nations, foreign nations, than he, the, he can count in Colorado alone, training. Okay, what are they training for? Huh, we'll see. They seemingly share one thing. They are in Colorado to prepare for guerrilla war that is coming between the disaffected parts of the American military and the multinational forces in the UN. This is real. This is what I've been reporting on for a long time. But I really believe we're right on the cusp of actually seeing this go hot, seeing it go live. The eyewitness accounts of what is happening is not to be taken lightly as these sightings are happening all over the country. The details are in the short video. I'm going to play this whole video. It's like, it's 27, I think, minutes. Yeah, about 27. Hi, this is Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show, where we're freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And we're following up on a story that we tried to bring you recently. Unfortunately, we had technical difficulties, and uh, perhaps imposed technical difficulties. And I'm joined again by Paul Martin from Northern Colorado. And you know him as the guy that runs RevolutionRadio.org. Paul, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me back, Dave. We'll try to do this again. Yeah, hopefully the powers that be will not interfere this time. Well, you had this delivered to me a report uh, shortly, oh, I'd say, what, a day or two ago, uh, regarding the transport of certain military or paramilitary vehicles uh, in Colorado. So let's go ahead and start there. Well, I've got a, a really good long-time friend. We did radio back in the in the early 90s together. Uh, he's a former uh, police lieutenant. Uh, very, the guy just sees everything. Anyway, he he travels quite a bit, and uh, so he had been over to Grand Junction, and he likes taking the back road to see the country. And so he had drove from there to Rifle, and from Rifle to Steamboat Springs. And uh, all along the way were... Uh, different aspects of military vehicles, um, uh, APCs, uh, Humvees, uh, some he'd never seen before that uh, some of the uh, uh, armored personnel carriers were carrying their own fuel cells, which was unusual. I mean, being a Marine Corps tanker, uh, you know, we had deuce and a half and stuff that carried our fuel cells for us. So they were carrying their own gas with them. But one of the more uh, uh, interesting aspects of the trip as uh, he was coming. He was coming up to a crest of a hill, and he topped the hill. And all of a sudden, uh, two white, no DOT markings, <clears throat> with trailers, and they each had 20 motorcycles on them. But the the interesting thing about the motorcycles were is they were armored. And uh, he's former Navy, you know, former military, and and. Uh, uh, we thought that was very, very interesting. Not only were they white vehicles with no DOT markings, but they were carrying 20 each uh, on their trailers of motorcycles with armored uh, systems on them. So 
uh, it, it, it just continues to get weird out here in Colorado, Dave. Yeah, that is very weird. Uh, first of all, with regard to the uh, fact that there were no DOT markings, this is something I've heard a lot with regard to the transport of UN vehicles all around the country. I've had many, many truckers who have been eyewitnesses to this relay this information to me. And also, I want to throw this out to you truckers who are... So, in other words, no DOT, no Department of Transportation markings on there. And they're like basically unmarked, which is kind of what you would expect to see with this type of UN transport. Seeing these things out there, it's not enough that you see them. You need to take pictures with your phone and then transport those pictures to myself or other people in the independent media. Anyway, Paul, back to this issue. The armor plating for the motorcycles. Any mm. theory as to what this is all about? No. Uh, he was, uh, it was about six, five or six months ago. And uh, he's got some friends over in Grand Junction, so he drives over there, you know, quite often. And there mm -hmm. were, and I, and excuse me if I'm wrong, it's been it's been a while back, but I think it was Highway 58 that he was taking, and in about about seven or eight places, there were OD green sandbags that the they were in a big block. They were about uh, six foot high, about six foot wide, and about, oh, 10 or 15 feet long. And they were at intersections. <clears throat> and we didn't cover this on the last show. I just I just remembered it. And uh, so with all the stuff that's going on up here, uh, it could be that these vehicles are going to, uh, just thinking as a Marine, uh, maybe these uh uh, armored motorcycles are going to be running the back alleys and the back roads up in the mountains looking for uh, people like us and are, are, are going to use that for shielding. Uh, we had um, last year uh, down in Durango, a friend of mine was down there, and there were actually Russians down there in uh, uh, camo uniforms driving European-style motorcycles. I forgot to tell you about this on the last show. And... Uh, <laughs> where was this? Paul, where was this at? Uh, uh, Durango. And he actually walked up to him and he said, uh, hey guys, this isn't America, this is, you know, this is uh, America, this isn't Mother Russia. And uh, he just kind of sneered at him and he walked across the street. There was a, uh, a uh, <clears throat> local deputy that happened to be walking down the street coming out of a cafe. And uh, he said, what are these Russians doing here with these... European motorcycles, and the, the uh, officer just rolled his, high, rolled his eyes back in his head and walked off. So, I mean, we've got report, report, report. Trinidad, Chinese troops uh, in uniform last year. That was our good friend Randy Arborough. Uh It just goes on and on, Dave. But, but these armored motorcycles are very interesting, and, uh, and, and, I, and I think that they're probably going to be looking for people like us that are... <clears throat> that are bucked out uh, up in the mountains and uh, uh, offer themselves some kind of shielding. You know, it's an old saying that says uh, uh, most people just want to be left alone and there are those who won't leave them alone. That's what this sounds like. So if we bug out to the mountains, it sounds like this is the search and destroy team that's going to come and find us. Let me tell you what I know is going on, though. Paul, as you know, I had a very good friend who was in FEMA, retired from <clears throat> FEMA, and he bugged out almost four years ago. And he went with like-minded people from FEMA and DHS to the southeast. But he also informed me 
there was a strong contingent of people that knew that they wouldn't be invited to the underground bunkers should uh, the poop hit the proverbial fan. And he said that they went to the mountains of Colorado and had uh, reconstructed caves to make them habitable and so forth. And he said that uh, you'll find them all through the mountains of Colorado. And I said, how many are there? And he told me, well, he knew of at least 40 people that had gone there, but he said he thought the number could easily be 10 times that much. Uh, it could be that that's who they're going after. Uh, and the reason I say that is the reason my FEMA contact said he bugged out. He said, Dave, I know where all the bodies are buried, so to speak. My expertise was in bioterrorism or counter-bioterrorism. And he said, should the globalists use bioterrorism against people in the United States and lose, they don't want witnesses that can testify against them. So this may be what we're anticipating here in the mountains, but it is still a frightening thought to think that people like you and I could bug out, and they're going to come look for us on specialized motorcycles. Anything uh, special about them, all-terrain, can travel in snow, because you know, the mountain weather up there can be pretty unforgiving. Well, and that's going to be soon. I think we're going to have a tough winter here. Uh, no, they were they were a, a large. Uh, I think as as far as a uh, off road motorcycle, uh, he said they looked about six hundred and fifty cc's. So they 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 were they were good size, and they had you know they had saddlebags and armor, but uh, uh, and no telling how many they are. I mean, we just he just saw. Uh, you know, two of the white, uh, no DOT markings, tractor trailer rigs with 20 bikes on each trailer. So that's just one siding. There's no telling what else can be out there. Okay, now Paul, one of the things that I get roundly criticized for, as do my friends uh, Doug Hagman and Steve Quayle, when we talk about a foreign troop presence on our soil, particularly the Russians, uh, they, people will tell me, Dave, there's just no way this is true. Well, let me add my two cents in, then I want to get your reaction to it, in particular to your local area. I have copy, and I have published this, of a FEMA bilateral agreement between the Russian Foreign Ministry and FEMA, uh, dated 2011, which allowed for the first 15,000 Russian troops to come into America to, quote, prepare for disaster training, unquote, uh, so like our National Guard's going on vacation. But anyway, I have this document. I published it a couple of times on my website at thecommonsenseshow.com. Uh, what would you say to people that tell you there are no foreign troop operatives inside the United States? Uh, well, number one, they're, they're very, very misinformed. I mean, you remember when the first, um, or I remember, and you remember too, when the first uh, article came out here in Colorado with Spence Knott's troops at Fort Carson, they said it was 25 and uh, I went, well, that's a lie. So I called Quail, called Hawk, and then I called John Moore. And you guys put out feelers because the number's bogus, 25. No, it ain't happening. So it was about 40 hours later, uh, John Moore called me back, and, he's, and he said, Paul, this is straight from Langley. He said there are actually five 250-man advance parties of Spetsnaz troops in the five largest bases in the United States. We've got them out here. Uh, they shoot at the range I shoot at. They're in Fort Collins. Uh, they like the uh, big five sports stores. They really like looking at the uh, knife sections and the outdoor gear. Uh, they usually run in four or five younger troops, um, and they'll have an older handler with them, as they did at my range. 
a friend of mine was out there. He's a, a former military armorer, and uh, he called me, and he walked back out in the parking lot. He said, the Russians are here. I'll call you back. And uh, so he... Okay, so here's another scenario I haven't heard anybody bring up at this point as well. You think, okay, well, there's all these Russian troops here. Isn't Russia who we're going to be going to war with? Well, does that mean they're going to all be called back? No, I don't think so. They've been they've been integrated into our society. What would that have a tendency to indicate? Now, I'm not being dogmatic, but what? But if you think about it, if they're here on purpose, and they're here to stay, and they're here to disarm the American populace and to kill the resistors off when all the stuff goes down, and they obviously the New World Order knew this war with Russia is going to be coming, the Bible does you know, predict it, essentially. The occultists have predicted it. Does that mean that all Putin's doing is following a script? Um, regarding all of this saying, well, we don't want to do this, but, but they know that it's going to happen. Because if they were truly on Russia's side, then they would have to all be called back when the war came down. Or we would take them all as prisoner. Well, that's not going to happen. Obviously, they're going to be used. So I would have a tendency to think that this whole war, and, and I've read this from many occultists before as well, that everything is theater, the whole world's a stage, and that this is just some grand script that we're, we're playing out for the benefit of, of tricking humanity into thinking that, you know, we're, you know, the war will be real as far as the warfare, but it's all by design, it's all predetermined, and everybody's just playing their part. Everybody's doing their little, especially the people at the top, doing their little acting bit. Because how could we be using Spetsnaz troops, highly trained Russian Spetsnaz troops, as one of the main military contingents here in order to disarm the American public when all this stuff goes down, if we're at war with them? That doesn't make any sense. So I, I really have a tendency, tendency to think that all of the stuff that's going on right now between Russia and, and, and us, there's a very high likelihood that it's just all theater. That it's being done to ratchet up the appearance of this rhetoric, but they know how this is going to play out. They know maybe even what the trigger event is going to be. And then that'll give them the event. And then what it'll ultimately do, and the way Obama is disarming our um, us with both you know, the nuclear part, the scaling down of the troops, the pre-World War II levels. He's doing everything he can do to make us a sitting duck. And yet, at the same time, they're doing everything they can do to, quote, ratchet up all of this incendiary rhetoric to spark a war with them. But why would you do that if you were ratcheting down everything in the military? Why would you keep Spetsnaz troops here by the thousands and thousands who you've been training, who they've been integrating into society, who've been training specifically to take out the New World Order resistors, why would you, why would you go through all that? If, if we were just going to truly go to war, you'd have to either take them prisoner or send them back. And you wouldn't want to send them back just to fight them on another battlefront. So think about that, too. Because that doesn't, that doesn't add up to me at all. That makes me think that all of this is predetermined, by design, one big con job 
and and they're going to annihilate our military in the process. They're going to take as many of our good military, the ones that will not go along with the New World Order plan, as many good National Guard, as many good police, good, I mean, I think they would take out anybody that would serve any kind of protective capacity in our society. Take them all out, and this is all a big theater for all of this to happen. Went there, and uh, he he said, I've never seen anybody shoot a handgun like this. He was uh, admiring their handgun skills, and, and so he said, you guys shoot really, really good, or are you guys military? And the, and, uh, the uh, older Russians said, no, we're mechanical engineers. And he goes, well, you guys <laughs> shoot really good for mechanical engineers and the youngest one of the group had a, uh, um, a padded gun case and he pulled out a extremely expensive sniper rifle and it had the literally had the red yeah mechanical engineers from russia shooting at one of our ranges in colorado who are unbelievably highly trained and just amazing with handguns and then now they've got this unbelievably highly specialized sniper rifle that they brought over from russia and they're mechanical engineers right star at the bottom of the receiver and, and uh, my buddy asked him about it and uh, and the cartridges he had never seen and uh, so the, the young man said would you like to shoot it and he goes well yeah and they were at a at a, a 300 yard uh, backstop range and he shot about a one inch group out of five rounds with it he said uh, it was a one inch round group at 300 yards that's three football fields with this russian Sniper rifle with a Russian star at the, I mean, the bottom of the receiver. A one-inch group, meaning that all five shots were within one inch of one another. That is a highly, highly accurate, dialed-in sniper rifle. That's how highly trained they are. This shooter. And, um, I mean, they're they're up in uh, between uh, Estes Park and Allen Park. Uh, one of his... Uh, uh, customers was a uh, uh, Lamar County deputy had brought in a piece for him to work on in uh, this is about three years ago and he asked him he said hey are you seeing any Russians up there and he goes oh yeah they're up there he said we don't like them very much he said they're 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 not very friendly and uh, so the guy left his piece and uh, the deputy left his piece and came back oh, a couple months later and uh, so my buddy asked him he said well What's going on with them Russians up there? And he goes, well, they're bringing in their women. And uh, a good friend of mine out of Denver, uh, there were... They're probably been told that you will recolonize this area once the New World Order takes over, once we kill off the, the middle class of America, the patriots, the resistors, you will be used as our military arm. And so bring over your wives, set up your lives here. Um... You will be rewarded at the appropriate time. You just have to lay low for a time. They're taught to take orders. They're from a different society. And I guarantee you this is this, and, and you'll be able to kill as many Americans as you want. And then you'll also be able to take the spoil. They're probably going to promise them all of that. Just as long as you obey orders when the time comes. Now, when I was, was at Gatlinburg with Taylor and I told you all of the, the, I mean, every single shop I went into there, um, whether it was, food related or just whatever like a they were selling something they were all like this eastern block ukrainian russian type of of um 
people. And just Ken Gatlinburg in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. I remember it was a lot fresher in my memory back then. It wasn't that long ago, but, you know, we saw it. We witnessed it. I mean, they had totally, you know, taken over. Uh, certain areas of the service industry there in Gatlinburg. And what are all these Eastern Bloc people doing? Well, it's UN biosphere. You know, Great Smoky Mountain, UN biosphere. They're, they're there amalgamating into society, surveying their enemy, surveying the, the Americans who they hate, and then what they do is they, they rotate in and out and then they will go up into the Great Smoky Mountains and train. Train on how to kill us. So they're getting dual benefits. They're, they're getting the, the military training. They're getting the lay of the land. And they're also getting exposed to the people. So that when the time does come, they can infiltrate better. A lot of them are probably working on their Russian or Ukrainian or whatever, their accents, so that they can blend in better when the time comes. And it'll be easier to kill us what they're doing there and there's been all kinds of people that have been up in this in these areas that that um and i I talked about this recently with the underground bases in these areas and and people turn up missing or people see these um troop movements of foreign troops in our national forests which are mostly un biospheres the united nations the united nations essentially has been given that land and there's ever-increasing areas of these national parks that are off-limits to public use. And you think, well, it's a national park. It should be open to everybody. It's not. There's increasingly huger swaths of land where you cannot go. And if you're caught, you could be killed or you'll be severely reprimanded. And many, many times it's some type of foreign troop that's doing it. And that's just one place that I know of. 75 of them in Park Meadows Mall. And he said everybody, they were loaded with cash. He said they had big wads of cash and and they were walking around with their women and stuff, but said there was just a giant herd of them. 75 Russians with their women in a mall loaded with cash. They're probably being paid very, very well to not only be over here and do what they're doing and train for what they're training for, just like we're training the, the Islamics to for when the when they're given the green light, the jihadists, you know, to release the nihilists, just like they're being trained for their part in this to absolutely destroy, destabilize America and kill as many infidels as possible. These guys are going to have their role. And they're going to be in the supposed good guy, UN peacekeeper role, but you better go along with them and do exactly what they say and go along with everything that they're saying, even though you're going to end up in a FEMA camp. If you even get that far. You know, this is what their plans are. And again, now we're looking at this from a Dave Hodges standpoint, which you're never going to have any hope in this standpoint. I never hear this guy, rarely ever, I mean, sometimes he mentions God, but normally this is all you're going to get. You're going to get just the straight, bleak future that they, quote, have planned for us, and kind of like God doesn't exist. So, I again, that's why I started out this study in part one the way I did, to kind of get us on track there, and now we're going over the actual information itself. Uh, like I said, we, we've already, you covered in your article today about the Gurkhas at the... Um gas station at the bottom of uh, of uh, the Puget yeah, Canyon. Let's talk, let's talk about that. First of all, tell the listening audience what the Gurkhas are. I know they're in northern Colorado, but tell, tell the listening audience what you're... The Gurkhas are a type of pickle, okay, that, that they sell. It's a Gherkin, actually, is what they want. And, and that's a, it's Vlasic and has many brands of that. So anyway, that's what... I'm oh, just kidding. A little, little humor there to interject. Knowledge of the Gurkhas would be. 
Well, they're, they're, they're the ultimate Merc. I mean, the British have been using them for 150 years or so. Uh, they're uh, uh, Nepalese. They're mercenaries. They're very resilient. Meaning they're from Nepal. Okay? From Nepal mm-hmm. is what we're talking about here. Uh, they're, they're killing machines. What's their specialty? Assassinations. They're a lot like defense knots. I think their number one mo is uh, assassinations, but 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 they're also pretty good at explosives, like the uh, spets knots are. Um, yeah, one, one of the things I've been told is they're anti guerrilla forces. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's how I, w- I was told they were used for that in Afghanistan. So they would be used against the American guerrilla population, meaning the guerrilla warfare, the patriots, the 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 military that. Uh, got wind of this, got out the 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 good police that are on the side of the good guys. That's who they're going to be trained to take out and uh, under British command. And I just want to point out the similarity to that and what's going on inside of Texas with UX sixteen UWEX unconventional warfare sixteen, where we are seeing this administration along with foreign troops practicing to fight against rogue American military units that have deserted and are fighting a guerrilla warfare against the administration. I mean, what more do you need to this, this UX training thing they're doing? They're literally training our military, the, the ones evidently that will go along with it, to fight the military that will not go along with us and the Americans that won't. They, this is what their, their training exercises are now in America. I mean, I, you can't have any more handwriting on the wall of what's coming. And I have the BizOp ads to prove it. I have first-hand testimony. I've got scores of emails. And now we're also seeing anti-guerrilla forces in northern Colorado in the form of the Gurkhas. Absolutely incredible. Paul, you know uh, people who have interacted with these Gurkhas in your local area, haven't you? Yeah, a good friend of mine, wife, works at the, uh, uh, the convenience gas station at the uh, bottom of the Puyer Canyon. And she saw these three off-road vehicles drive up with these cross Gurkha knives on the on the side of the doors, and, and she told her husband, said, you better get over here. And uh, so he lived in LaPorte, so he wasn't a very far drive, and they were fueling up and getting snacks and water and stuff. And So one of the guys that was uh, uh, filling up, he just walked up to him and said, what are you guys? And he said their English wasn't great, but it wasn't bad, and the guy basically told him we're mercenaries. And they were in uniform, you know, with the little their hat folded up on the on the side and they were very honest about what they were and i mean we've got uh we've got so much stuff out here dave it's crazy yeah i know northern colorado is a hotbed for this i mean this place sounds like beyond ground zero of what they would bring to america as a whole but it doesn't sound like there's any place worse than this northern colorado in regard to this subject that we're talking about. But there's hotbeds all around the country. You know, you, the way you had described how these uh, <clears throat> Russians were congregating now with their women, this is the same thing that Dr. Susan Hellman was seeing in her community, and she's been reporting on this to the Common Sense Show for the last several years. And we're talking about Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which lies at the, uh, the uh, base of the Smoky Mountains. Now, again, that's just what I was talking about, Gatlinburg. Okay. And that was part of the reason I, I took that vacation 
on, I haven't been on any real vacations in, in a while, um, but I took a really tiny one with Taylor like this summer, that was it, but usually when I take a vacation, there's some other all, other agenda where, okay, well, there's, I'd like to go pray at this place, I'd like to see if the rumors here are true, I'd like to kind of scope things out, and, and everything that I was told about Gatlinburg, I'd have to confirm it. Um, it was the case. I saw it firsthand with, with my own eyes. And what we know is that these uh, Russians have come in, they've taken over businesses, and they're extremely aloof. They talk to no one. They only hang out with themselves. Yes, they were very cold for the most part. <clears throat> they kept to themselves. There wasn't, they weren't chatty Cathy um, type people. They, they, none of them were, whether they were women or whether they were men, they were very just um cold i would have to say is is the is matter of fact cold like i don't know you know just uh zany would not be the word i would use to describe them or slapstick they, they were definitely not slapstick they were deadpan um definitely not the life of the party definitely not the guy that has the lampshade on the head type guys okay i'm just saying sorry a little humor they look like professional athletes. They're young, in shape, and uh, they, they simply they speak impeccable English. But the fact is that they are indeed Russian, and they are taking over a lot of the business community in Gatlinburg. They will go in vans to the base of the Smoky Mountains, and they'll disappear in the Smoky Mountains for days with these vans that are just left there. And I've, been, I've had this reported to me for several years. And this way they don't have to, it's not like they're commuting too far from their their military base. They've got underground military bases in these in these mountains that we've talked about. And they're going back and forth and and every time they go, they're accomplishing different things. They're they're establishing footholds in the community. They're scoping out their enemies. They're learning better English. They're they're learning their habits better and then they go get the the military training and they go back and forth. And they probably rotate bodies and and it's it's perfect if you want to it's the perfect foothold you would want to have before you want to conquer a particular enemy it's it's the perfect scenario for them and gatlinburg in and of itself is kind of i know it's the pigeon forge area but pigeon forge is in and i'm not saying there's not these people there as well but pigeon forge is more totally totally like in your face commercial like orlando type feeling you go to Gatlinburg, you got to kind of drive through some woods, and I know they're connected and they're not that far away, but Gatlinburg's a different feel. I like the way Gatlinburg felt a lot better because I don't like all that commercialized garbage. Not to say there's not commercialized garbage in Gatlinburg. I just like the mountains. I like, it's a beautiful area. Um, I, I like that, but I didn't like the, <laughs> the, the, the Eastern Bloc, Russian, Ukrainian type cold presence there either. Um, but it's kind of a it's kind of a separate enclave, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. It's almost like you're starting to get into that. Um, you wouldn't have to drive too far, put it this way, from Gatlinburg. In fact, there's literally places you can drive in Gatlinburg where you're driving 10 minutes and it's like, whoa, I feel like I'm in the deep woods. You know, so it's not like that really big city feel at all. Whereas Pigeon Forge, you definitely feel that way. There's some of the locals there that see this. And the thinking is, is that they're up there practicing military maneuvers. And one more thing, Paul, 
I had uh, two men who were out hunting, and there's been a lot of areas in the Smoky Mountains that have been outlawed for hunting after they've been hunting there for a couple hundred years. Right. And I had these two men contact me, and they said that they were violating the hunting orders, and they had transgressed onto federal property, and they were out there seeking game. And up the road comes armored vehicles with Russian soldiers inside. Now, they took cover when they heard him coming because they first thought it would... Now, remember, too, remember the, one of the, the study I did in the underground bases in North Carolina where they will put sensors out. And it's going to be, you know, in, in these forests, you think, okay, I'm out there in these national forests, these UN biospheres. Now, they've, they've got a, 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 like a, I don't want to call it a space needle, but it's this thing you can go into. It's the, in the middle of Gatlinburg. I've talked about this before, and this thing, you, you take a little elevator ride up. I did it with Taylor. And you get to the top, you do it at night. It's really, really pretty. You overlook the city. You overlook the mountains. And it says right there, this big, gigantic plaque I read when I was up there. And I'm, this is a designated UN biosphere. I mean, it's right in the middle of Gatlinburg, they're saying this. So they're basically claiming this. So you would expect, if you were going to have some type of foreign troop presence, you kind of would expect that scenario to be taking place there and it is and and these they can put sensors out they can have things in the forest you're not aware of they can maybe have um uh, drones that are that are flying in the area they can have maybe cameras that are um thermal imaging where they can pick up heat signatures and these are things that can trigger these troop movements seemingly out of nowhere when you thought nobody was even you're looking at you and this is why if you ever get into a scenario like that you really need to be praying to god to hide you from the secret council of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity because i don't care what kind of technology they have god can still hide you from everything they've got prepared that's that psalm 64 but there's a lot of there's a lot of bible verses that talk about that particularly in psalms and these types of things about god hiding you from the wicked okay um, but it's something to think about. It was the park ranger. And so they took cover, but they said, oh, no, this was a complete Russian detachment with heavily armored vehicles. And these Russians were heavily armored, or heavily equipped, I should say, and well armed. And later, when they were making their way back down the mountain, they were intercepted by a pair of park rangers. And one of these men knew one of the park rangers. And he said, you know, we should take you to jail right now, but we're not going to. You didn't see a damn thing here. And this is what's so sickening. You've got these park rangers, which are some of the biggest Nazis there are, and they're complicit in all this. They're complicit in, in, in all of The park rangers, from what I've been told, are some of the worst to deal with. I mean, just traitorous, if, if you ask me, their behavior. So the park rangers are in on the deal. They know what's going on. And Paul, this is almost identical to what you were telling me with regard to the, the Russians congregating. And I've heard the same stories out of Alaska places like Ketchikan and outside Fairbanks and so forth, the same M.O. with these Russians. We not only have Russians in uniform here that are openly training, we also have sleeper cells, which we're seeing a lot of in Alaska. And then I'll throw this at you for your reaction. I have received three communications in the past well, four or five days that tell me that massive amounts of F-35s have left the Carl Springs area and the scuttlebutt on the side of the uh, troops and their wives, who will occasionally write to me, are saying that they're headed for Alaska to prepare for combat. What do you know about that? Well, I, I saw it. Now, why would they be preparing for combat in Alaska? Well, Russia's right across the, was it Bering Strait there? Um, 
you know, they're right there. So if Russia were to invade, and they, they've already, I mean, they're, they're already there. They're already in Alaska. You know, it would just be a further, you know, they've got a huge presence there. It would just be further adding to the troops that they've got in Alaska. Um, so that would be the most direct way Russia could actually invade America. Um, because obviously to come across the Atlantic um, would be a very, would be the furthest way. Their, their quickest way would be to come, you know, from Russia right over there to, to Alaska. And they've already done that. And, you know, we've already given away those islands that I had talked about that would be strategic jump off points to, to further invade. And so, yeah, it, it's all being done by design. It's, it's, it's all a big setup. I think the more I look at this, the more I think this is all just theater that um, our government is going to make it look like, oh, we, we're going to be big and tough, we're going to go to war, and then, and then there's going to be some false flag event or whatever, and then Russia's going to do this, and then we're going to retaliate, and then you know it's going to give them an excuse to come over here, and all our military are going to go get slaughtered. That's the plan. you know, Get as many of our good guys over there fighting in that war so there's nobody left here to defend the American populace. And then the, the Russian troops that are already here, boots on ground, are going to be like, you know, logistical gold nuggets for the Russian troops coming in to say, okay, we've already got the lay of the land, guys. We've been here for like five years. We know everything about this place. We've already scoped out all the, all the people that are patriots. Here's where we got to go. And they'll just go, and, and theoretically what they would like to do is pick everybody off one by one. Those people better be saved, and they better be praying for God's protection. You know, when that time comes, because I believe that they're going to hit you with overwhelming force. And highly trained, highly tactical um, troops that are going to be using weapons of, of who knows what type of nature. And God's going to be your only hope. You know, I say that as much to myself as anyone. Because... They've been, they've had decades to figure this out, how they're going to bring us down. They've had decades. They're going to hit us with everything at the same time. They're going to hit us with a lot of stuff at once. The economy is going to be collapsing. The dollar is going to be collapsing. There's going to be food riots. They're going to be unleashing the Muslims. They're going to, they're going to have all of our troops shipped overseas. Who knows? Maybe they'll throw a pandemic in there. Maybe we'll have an earthquake or two. Maybe we'll have, you know, who knows? All of these national uh, emergencies, maybe they'll be setting forest fires. They've done a lot of that. These Russian troops, they're going to have all their technology at play. And they're going to be coming out of the woodwork, out of these national parks where they have these underground bases. And they're going to have all of their armored equipment. And they're going to have everybody pinned down. They've, they've been data mining for years. And, the, and that's, that's how they're going to go after everybody. But I, what I'm telling you is God is bigger than that whole depressing, stinking, satanic scenario that I just gave you. God is still bigger than that. And that's what you're not going to hear in these interviews. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm better. I'm just telling you, like a Dave Hodges interview, it's always like, well, okay, we're looking at this and I think it's good information. And I'm not disputing what he's saying, but what is our hope? Is it is it all man-centered? Is it all, okay, we got to get prepped up. We got to get the water. We got to get the food. I mean, that's going to be irrelevant if you got Spetsnaz troops kicking your door in. It's, it's all irrelevant. They're just going to come in there and steal your stuff. 
You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, though, either. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. I'm saying you need to have a balance here. You need to understand who's really in control of this. You need to have faith to believe God can deliver you and protect you and hide you. You need to fear God and not man. So, see, that's what I'm trying to instill in my listeners, and I just don't see the alternative media that's reporting on this. It's all man-centered. It's all man I'm not saying you shouldn't have firearms and, and protect yourself and just or, or, or sit up there and, and, and make no provisions whatsoever. No, I'm not saying that either. Okay? Um, you know, there is a thing as balance and there's a happy medium in, in these types of things. I'm just saying re rely on the Lord Jesus Christ primarily, though, as, as far as guiding you through this mess that we're, we're, we're fixing to go into here. In your article, Di Randy. Our good friend Randy Arbor uh, had called me, and uh, he said, "I've seen the, I've never seen this many jets in the air at just about the same time." So he's he's confirming the uh, the massive overflight. Yeah, this is what the people said to me. The one person said this. He said, "Dave, we'll see, you know, three or four planes up there flying in formation at a time. We don't see 20, 25, and thirty, and that's what we're seeing at a time." Yeah, Randy's been down there twenty five plus years. And, uh, you know, they say choppers and, and, and jets, but he said, I've never seen flights like this. He said, and they were flying low, getting, you know, getting out of Dodge. Uh, uh, another thing that's happened up here, and, and some of the listeners may not know about it or heard the show, but uh, uh, my, uh, the, the, the Russians like to hang out at the, Super Walmart between Fort Collins and Loveland, and they like Sundays. So he goes over on Sundays, kind of hangs out, and this is about eight months ago. And he just walk in, walk around the store. Now, I guess they like Sundays the day. I thought when he first said it, they like Sundays, like they like ice cream Sundays. I thought, okay, well, oh, they're going to McDonald's, which they usually have in Walmart, to get a Sunday. And I'm like, no, he actually likes Sundays. Oh, okay, the day. So I was a little confused there in that one. Sorry about that. And there were four gentlemen, very dark skin, uh, Middle Eastern looking, all had beards. Two had shaved heads, two didn't, but they had barcodes on the left side of their necks. And he, he freaked out. And they could kind of tell. They, they had barcodes on their left side of their necks. Okay, you ever seen that? Huh. could tell that he was kind of trailing them, so he walked outside, go out and have a cigarette. And they came out of the store, and one of them uh, bumped him. And uh, so they got into uh, two uh, very smoked-out uh, black Suburbans. And uh, so he and I didn't know what it was. And so, I, again, I called Quail, called Hawk, called John Moore. And I've got a contractor who has gone dark, but we he was still up above the, the dirt at that time. He's, a, he's kind of a he's kind of a ghost. He comes by late at night, and so I told him what my friend saw, and he just grinned and said, "You know what that is, don't you?" And I go, "No, that's what I'm asking you." He said, "Those are for, former Turkish prisoners that have been psychologically evaluated that can work in a military uh, environment and uh, and so you know and, and and be able to do that kind of job." But he said they... That kind of job is kill Americans. So we've got Nepalese, 
from Nepal, killing machines, Spetsnaz, the most highly trained killing machine Russian troops, specialized. We've got these Turkish psychopaths with barcodes on the side of their necks, highly specialized killing machines, and then a ton of other nations too that are here on our soil that want to kill Americans. This is the type of wicked, evil enemy that the American patriot community is going to be facing very soon. They pick out the worst of the war. I mean, these guys are murderers, murderers, killers. And uh, uh, so we've got those guys here. We've got Mongolians here. They were, after the big Haman fire that we had out here a couple years ago, they were, uh, my friend that lives over there, they were the, like the police officers for Rex, the little wheelie deal that measures, you know, the skid marks and all that stuff. And they were in brand new Suburbans, kind of smoked out. Window. So the, these Mongolian ones were the police officers for Rex that would measure skid marks and things like this. This is, this is how they're integrating them into our society. This is how they're, and, and again, they're doing reconnaissance while they're doing this. They're, they're, they're seeing what our habits are, how we act. Uh, getting the lay of the land, and, and they're giving them different jobs, these these different nationalities to do different things, it sounds like. And they were measuring the intersections, and my buddy didn't know what they were, and they were kind of across, you know, Middle East, European, or, or Eastern European, like guys, we didn't know what they were. So uh, I called John Moore, and uh, he said, uh, those are Mongolians. He said, that's about 60% of the... U.S. Army, or the uh, uh, Russian Army, and he said they're, again, they're very resilient, they're very tough. So evidently the Russians have amalgamated them into their army, so they would be under the the, the heading, or under the guise heading of, of, of Russians, Russian troops, but they're Mongolians. Uh, uh, operate in all kinds of conditions, so we've got a potpourri <laughs> out here in uh, yeah, northern Colorado, as well as, I mean, it, uh, We've, we haven't had Chinese military up this far north. Uh, they've been seen, seen down in uh, Trinidad, Colorado. But uh, it's we, we, we've got a pretty thick soup of uh, foreign nationals up here. You know, Colorado's definitely a hotbed, and a lot of people know that when Washington, D.C. is obliterated in the next conflict, that Colorado is already set up to become the capital. Uh, you, you know, th these events are not happening in isolation, Paul, and I just kind of want to leave the listening audience with this thought. This is being broadcast on a day when the Russians commenced a drill in which 40 million Russians are going underground to prepare to survive a nuclear conflict. The dates of this drill are October 4th through October 7th, and this is the evening of October 4th, late in the evening. And one of the things that really concerns me, Paul, is that Putin cares enough about his people. He's preparing to have tens of millions of them survive any future nuclear conflict. Uh, where's our bunker, Paul? Do you have a bunker to go to? Uh, it's zero, Dave. Yeah, exactly. And this, this is the thing that just, when we talk about the fact that our government has been hijacked by criminal forces that are more mafia than the mafia, I mean, this kind of insensitivity and lack of responsiveness and uh, fulfilling their constitutional duty to protect American people simply goes by the wayside. And this is really, I think, the context in which we need to consider these and I'll leave you with one more thing, Paul. And I don't know if you read this in an article that I wrote earlier, but I had had um, an exclusive communication from someone who I presumed to be an officer, although he did not say that in the communication, 
They were marched in, he said, and forced to witness enhanced interrogation techniques. And this is in the UX-16 drills at Fort Bliss. Okay, this is this, said, this is this UX-16. This is where um, certain factions of our military are being trained to take on our military and guerrilla forces that are not going to go along with the New World Order, essentially. So now they, they, people that were, took part in this are, are, are experiencing what type of tactics they're going to use on, let's say, captured patriots, captured military, captured dissenters that will not go along with the New World Order uh, in order to extract information from them so that you'll narc out your uh, friends and family and, in order to um, forego any more torturing that they watched as they carried out mock executions to extract information from guerrilla dissidents that had been captured in this drill. And they would give a man 30 seconds to answer questions, not they shoot him in the back of the head, move on to the next guy, and they're hoping that one of them breaks. And then the second scenario that they, were, they watched was they would have a man sit there who refused to give information after torture, and they bring in his family and subsequently execute his family one member at a time. And I found these enhanced interrogation techniques to be so outrageous. At first, I thought I had received a prank. I ran this by some of my insider sources that have been connected with the military at very high levels. And they said, don't dismiss this, Dave. This is the real deal. This is exactly what they'd be practicing to go against guerrilla insurgencies. This is specifically the tactics that they teach at various war colleges here that train our troops to fight against guerrilla forces. Pretty scary times we live in, isn't it? Well, it is. I, you know, with everything that's going on, I mean, especially with this drill in Russia, uh, you know, I think I posted that like early this morning. But uh, with what's going on with the uh, Trump campaign, the complete obliteration of the Clinton campaign, I mean, she's done. And there's no way that the global elite, the New World Order, the powers that be, whatever you want to call them, are ever going to let Donald Trump anywhere near the White House. Uh, we've got Deutsche Bank imploding, which may be bailed out, but there's too many other banks out there they can't bail out. Uh, Credit Suisse is in bad shape. So, uh, you know, I, I, I stand on my on my thoughts of, exactly. of, uh, of many, many weeks, if not months, that we're not going to see an election day. Yeah, I know. You've been saying that consistently now for the past year. Uh, I, I think the issue is up in the air still, but I do agree with you. If Trump is leading significantly going into the election, they'll find a way to derail the election. Well, Paul, I want to thank you for joining. Yep. So there we have that. I, I hate to play this information in my teachings, but, you know, as a watchman, and so much of this is pure confirmation of what I've covered in the past. And again, that's why I start out these types of studies where I start out the way I did today with, you know, a good 20 minutes on focusing in on Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Because, if you I mean, it's so easy to get your eyes fixed on this and just, you know, go in full freak-out mode over this. And, and I, I'm not here to do that. Another lady in the um, top comments below this report, uh, Sharla Vandermeer, she said... Chinese are now in Costco in droves, wearing blue digital print uniforms. Now, this isn't in the PDF. I'm just reading this off the Internet. Wearing digital blue print uniforms, blue helmets with badges, which would, you think, you know, UN, they, they call them the blue, the blue helmets, 
um, most likely this is what we're dealing with, medals of some kind. I, I nicely asked one if he was an American soldier. He told me in broken English he was a pilot training at Fort Peterson. This was about one month ago. I have seen Russians for a while, but this was the first for a Chinese. The day before yesterday, planes were, were in huge formation, like carpet bombing formation, flying low. It made the building shake and you could not hear anything else. This went on for four hours. There were also very fast small jets training in twos and fours. Mr. Hodges, I will email you. Hope you do not mind. Uh, you know, just seeing unbelievable amounts of confirmation of what we're talking about here. Um, okay, now I'm going to go ahead and end the part three here. And I will go to the last part, which is part four, which is one more audio that I'll be playing. So God bless you, and we will see you in part four.